Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, a podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Avatar, the epic science fiction film directed, written, produced and co-edited by James Cameron. It stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Zaldana, Stephen Lang, Michelle Rodriguez and Sigourney Weaver. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, this movie was huge. <laughs> I mean, I understatement. Think, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone needs to uh, to really explain that. But 2009, uh, 3D cinema was a gimmick that I think I only generally saw. And like here in Perth, we have uh, a traditional like farming and agricultural festival thing called the Royal Perth, the Royal Show. It goes around the country. Uh, in the UK, it's the Goose Fair. Um, same thing. I think that's the only place I've ever noticed 3D movies. Right, okay. I For this. I, I didn't know where like, you were going with that. In the yeah. 80s, um, I watched some horror films on VHS where you had the blue and red lenses. So I had Freddy's yeah. Dead in 3D. So, yeah, it very much been a gimmicky thing that had gone away. James Cameron, I mean, the 3D in Avatar was incredible. I watched it at the cinema, like most people did, and it was just incredible. And then when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it, didn't watch it until this review. So I went to watch it on Disney+. Plus. The buggers, they're taking it off, just in time for the re-release of the original ahead of the sequel. Is it The Way of the Water? The Way of Water? Yeah. That's yeah. coming, and that's why I thought it timely to do this. But yeah, wowed and impressed by the CGI, or the well, yes, the CGI, but also the 3D effect. But then didn't watch it again until now. So I've only ever seen it twice, once in 3D yeah. and then recently in 2D. But because of the success of Avatar, we've got all those other 3D films that maybe weren't going to be 3D, they got rendered after the fact and then some of them, like you're at the cinema and you're watching it and you can see a corner, like, hang on I can see a corner yeah. in this 3D effect so yes, Avatar brought it back in a big way but there's no disputing you know, the success of this movie, you know critically, audiences like just loving this movie but I was curious like I think, I mean Cameron is planning what six of these and he's filming them back to back, some simultaneously. He's going to be pumping these out. But I was curious like, is there still that appetite for Avatar? Is an audience going to turn up? But again, just looking at ticket sales for this re release, yeah, I think people are. People are really going to turn out for this new film. I mean, it's been 11 years, nearly oh, 12. so long. It's <laughs> such a long time. I mean. But the re-release, though, that I, it was the re-release that made me think, oh, actually, yeah, I think people will turn out for this new one. And then just early opinions from people that have seen footage, it blows that first one visually out of the water. Yeah, because is the re-release in 3D as well? It is, yeah. But it's, also, but it, it's not the same version like it's been tweaked 
because we so rarely get a 3D movie now or a movie in 3D. Um, oh, well, I think get the ready. last one I saw was, uh, what's that? Gemini Man. That was in really? high frame rate. Was that 3D? So, I didn't know that. Right. But it's in high frame rate. I think it had been filmed in high de- in uh, in 3D as well because we had to wear the lenses. I, I don't think you right. need to do that just for high frame rate. So when I saw it, when it first came out, or was it, it might have been an advanced screening, high frame rate, we had the 3D lenses, um, which when I heard people complaining about the, the effects for that movie, I'm like, what are you talking about? They look great. And then I saw some uh, footage of it on just a normal TV. I'm like, Oh, really? Wow. That's not how it looked when I saw it. So you watched but it I, as it was intended? Yeah. Um, so from that point of view, I can understand why people have flocked back to the movies to see it because you can't even buy 3D TV anymore. That was a thing you could get mm. uh, thanks, thanks to this movie. In all 3D movies since 2009 have been thanks to this film. <laughs> yes. Um, Including and- Green Lantern 3D. Thank you, James Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other film I've seen utilize 3D properly, though, that wasn't Avatar was Tron Legacy. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Because they filmed all the scenes that weren't in the computer uh, were not 3D. And then when they went, into the computer, it was 3D, and it oh, cool. did actually properly get that depth because they thought about it. And um, I don't think it was utilized to quite the same level because the world wasn't built in the same way. So you didn't need things coming out the screen in like a very specific because you're moving through thick foliage and you look, it looks like you were looking into another world. That's what I remember. The, the incredible like design of Avatar. Yeah, watching it now. I think watch. I think I watched it during COVID. Um, so I have what I watched it twice at the cinema initially, and what I think I'm pretty sure I watched it like sometime during COVID. Where I'm like, yeah, I wonder how that stated. And then again to this recording, I still think it looks great. Uh, I mean, I do have a very expensive television. As but do I, I. I had to rent. I had to rent it. Uh, because it wasn't on Disney Plus and I haven't yep. purchased it in physical media form because I don't know if there is a 4K version yet available. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just... all my stuff now. I mean, I just got the standard Blu-ray when it first came out. And, you know, because of the type of movie that it was and knowing how much work and everything that had gone into it, like, I didn't think to turn it over and read the back. So I bought the Blu-ray and then flipped it over no special features, not even a trailer. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so it's, <laughs> I finally watched it after after all these years. You know, recently in 3D, I rewatched Journey to the Center of the Earth. You know, Brendan Fraser. I remember yep. watching that at the cinema, which does predate Avatar. I watched that and then rewatched it again at home with my kids. We had the glasses on with the blue and red lenses. Some things work, some things don't. But Avatar, yeah. I'm going to take you back. Development began in 1994 
when Cameron wrote a 80-page treatment for the film. Filming was supposed to take place after the completion of Titanic, which was in 97, for a planned release in 99. However, according to Cameron, the necessary technology was not yet available to achieve his vision of the film. Work on the language of the Navi began in 2005, and Cameron began developing the screenplay in fictional universe in early 2006. Avatar was originally budgeted at $237 million due to a groundbreaking array of new visual effects Cameron achieved in cooperation with Weta Digital in Wellington. Other estimates put the cost between $280 million and $310 million for production and at $150 million for promotion. The film made extensive use of new motion capture filming techniques and was released for traditional viewing, 3D viewing and 4D experiences in selected South Korean theatres. So 4D, that's something we've now got in Perth, haven't we? Have you yeah, experienced yeah, that? So not yet, no, because I'm very waiting for something that I think will take you make proper use of it. Might be the sequel for this. Ah, uh, very since... well, could be. Yeah, because, um, yeah, uh, I've heard amazing things where they've low sense. So if you're watching something like John Wick and there's this car chase, and the, 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 you know, this, the t- uh, car's t- tires squeal, you smell rubber. Like this, uh, you smell the scent and it's a bit like a, a theme park ride. So something like this might be like, phenomenal, but I would be interested maybe for the re-release Re-release or this. Yeah, the sequel could be the way to go. But yeah, so going all the way back to 94. So that's when he was first looking to develop it. And then fast forward to December 2009. That's when it was released in the US, received positive reviews with critics highly praising its groundbreaking visual effects. During its theatrical run, the film broke several box office records and became the highest grossing film at the time, as well as in the United States and Canada, surpassing Cameron's Titanic, which had held those records for 12 years. Avatar remained the highest grossing film in the world for nearly a decade until it was overtaken by Avengers Endgame in 2019. But a Chinese re-release of Avatar led the film to retaking the worldwide top spot in March 2021, where it has been ever since. So there you go. Avatar just prints money. Following the film's success, Cameron signed with 20th Century Fox to produce four sequels, Avatar The Way of Water and Avatar 3, have completed principal filming and are scheduled to be released on October 16th, 2022 and December 2024. Subsequent sequels are scheduled to be released on December 18th, 2026 and December 22nd, 2028. Several cast members are expected to return, including Worthington, Saldana, Lang and Weaver. I mean, it's a lot, isn't it? It is a lot, and I've got to be honest, until going back for this rewatch and just hearing the buzz about the new one, I was thinking, I don't even know if I'm bothered. It just seems like too big of a commitment, and I'm like thinking back, well, it's the movie about the blue cats and the ponytail, the dragon. You know, that's all I was really 
remembering for it, I'm like, oh, is there enough there? But then you do the rewatch and you've got the visuals, you've got the James Horner score. Sigourney yeah. Weaver is there and Stephen Lang chewing up the scenery in a very good way. And there is a lot to like, but still just hearing all of that, you're like, wow, what a commitment. What a commitment they're asking for. Especially given that 12 years, like 11, 12 years before we got number two. Like, yeah. When I, when they initially announced how many they were going to develop, my brain was like, okay, so we'll be getting those fairly soon because I'm sure he's got other filming ideas and stuff to get out that's not avatar related. Like, you, you've got it, right? And yeah, 12 years later, number two, like, dude, you need to pick up that, like, that production level. Uh, well, now. Speed. I yeah, would say well, level. He is now. I don't think now, the level yeah. will, uh, will suffer. Yeah, now yeah, he is. I, I, now we're getting all these Avatar movies. But again, okay, so just, just to say this again. So Avatar, so the film that was released in 2009, box office. All right, two point eight hundred and forty-seven billion. That was the last movie. <laughs> That's the last movie. Amount of money. That's the last movie directed. And you're like, what are you going to do next, James? Avatar two. I mean, do you blame him? And again, going back to '94, like he's wanted to tell this story for the longest time, and the box office has just proved him right that this is a good idea and. And again, audiences are going to turn up for that sequel. Mm. To keep coming Red. back to the first one for the re-release. Yeah, um, and on the visual effects, watching it this time, they still hold up. They look fantastic, but there is stuff because I watched so many like behind the scenes and how how they accomplish things that I I've noticed, which would have been a restriction because of the time. Um, one of them being the lighting uh, of the Navi against in the day against the uh, ground and the foliage, especially if it was in a clearing, that looked a little flatter than they would do it these days um, because they didn't have ray tracing at the time. They're getting light bounce you had to like figure out mathematically yourself kind of, and then by hand draw that in onto the special effects. These days they've got programs that accomplish all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they've, some of which are the programs that we're getting for the water, especially have been developed for the sequel. So I have no doubt the sequel will look amazing, but the point is the first one still looks Really good. Some some big things look a little video gamey, cutsceney, but it's twelve years old, uh, and it's the things generally it was things of massive scale. Like when yeah. they, there's a home tree, and they're bombing it. I'm like, that looks a little bit video gamey, but because yeah, I can, big I can explosions, see that. Yeah. which we haven't seen to that point, broad daylight. Big, like stupid big tree, like un- incalculably. I'm sure there is actually online if you look. I bet there is like an actual 
Well, that tree, if you're wondering how big it was, yeah, it was actually X many meters tall. But yeah, it's still really well done. The music is phenomenal. Like James oh, it Horner. really is. Like I mean, James Horner. We've like, I mean, we've mentioned him a few times on the podcast. I mean, and I think we've even reeled off his filmography before. He's in Star Trek films, Field of Dreams, Hyundai Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, Braveheart, The Mask of Zorro, Deep Impact, A Beautiful Mind, The Amazing Spider-Man, and on and on and on. Like He's got yeah. such a massive back catalogue. And yeah, yeah, it's Many of fantastic. James Cameron's earlier films as well, yeah. like Terminator. Like no, he's... that was, um, what was it, Brad Fidel or Fidel who did Terminator? But you're right, he did do some early... James Cameron films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, the story, yes, let's be honest. It is just dances with wolves. Meets or Pocahontas. Gully. Yeah. Or Fungoli. Yeah. yeah. It's all there. I mean, the plot, a paraplegic Marine dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission becomes torn between following his orders, protecting the world he feels is his home. It's okay for it to be basic. Because everything yeah. else around it is extraordinary. We've talked about the visuals. I mean, the cast is great. And then the score. We've got Sam Worthington. I didn't know him before this. I didn't know that he was a guy from Perth. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, from Rockingham. Yeah, that's from Rocco. <laughs> that's that's right. And you know, we're getting him here. And he's clearly like new to a film of this scale. Yeah. But that benefits the character because the character is also new to a world. Uh, it's, it's a good pairing of an actor and a character. And then around him, we've getting reoccurring actors, you know, like Sigourney Weaver, Michelle Rodriguez, people we've seen in other things. But yeah, I thought Worthington was really good. What I did read, though, is that Cameron offered the role to Matt Damon with a 10% stake in the film's profits, but Damon turned it down because he was committed to the Bourne film series at the time. Ooh. He would have made so much money if he if he'd have done this. But you know, he did the Bourne films instead. You know, with Cameron, like you mentioned going back to '84 with Terminator, he then found further success with Aliens in '86. Was yeah, that, that was Horner? That's yeah, yeah. That's what I think. That's where they first worked together. 89, he did The Abyss, Terminator 2 in 91, the action comedy True Lies in 94, still a personal favourite of mine. But what I found yeah. interesting is that Cameron was convinced that CGI effects had progressed enough to make this film when he saw Gollum in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers in 2002. Mm. And he hired that studio, Weather. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, if, if they've done it already, why not Why not go to them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, some of the criticisms for the film, the real only one, um, ignoring the fact that it is a very simplistic plot, but so many other people have, like, pointed that out, and it's never. I've never found it. Uh, something that detracts from the enjoyment of the film, uh, but it's more things like there's a lot of exposition in this. Some of it works in the delivery, like at the start of the movie when 
Stephen Lang is um, giving the like briefing or like talk down of all the new arrivals and getting a bunch of uh, exposition in it that way. Uh, the video logs, an easy way to get exposition. I mean, that was like a large portion of The Martian with Matt Damon and how they got it across there. So not those, those things didn't bother me. But there was one scene specifically where Sigourney Weaver was expect, explaining something to Sam Worthington and it was all exposition of stuff. Yeah. Like he, you would have already told him because it was like about controlling his avatar. I'm like, but we've already done that scene. We saw how quickly he got to it because he's like, the, ironically, even though he didn't have any of the, uh, the training because that was his brother who was supposed to be there, not him, his twin brother, which is why they got him because I'd already spent all of this money on building an avatar. I'm like, well, at least he's been a Marine. We can kind of use that as security for the rest of our guys. He's used to adjusting to a tool of that kind. Maybe not like being in the butt. He's used to like uh, physical movement and stuff. So I'm like, I get why he got decent with his uh, his avatar fairly quickly because it's it fits in with what he'd already gone through. So, but yeah, when they um. <laughs> when they actually get there and that, that one scene specifically where she's explaining stuff to him, I'm like, but you've, you would have already told him this. Why are we editing it now later on in the movie? Like yeah. this scene, you should, that dialogue needed to be moved. If the audience didn't pick it up before, there's no need. Like this is bad now. Um, yeah, I know, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, that could have been a studio now. Yeah. Yeah. Very possibly. Very possibly. Um, and we, some of the actors I mean, after, in this. Yeah. So I was going to say after the fact, it's like, you know, I said how well it did at the box office, and it's continuing to earn more with this re-release. Fox didn't know that back when they were giving him money. Yeah, and then he yeah, was going like, back, and they were giving him more yeah. money. So yeah, like I know, I know you just did Titanic, the biggest movie of all time, but you're asking for a lot on this one, yeah. James. It's like you know, I did read something right, and and paraphrasing here because I read it a while ago, and basically, and it was for Avatar. And it was at Fox and Cameron was meeting with some executives there and they weren't giving him what he wanted. So he's like, he's pointing out the window. See that building over there. Profits on Titanic paid for that building. See this over here. They just make it a point of how much money you'd earned for them. And I guess they were nudging up more, but there'd still have to be some notes though. So, and that could have been one of them. Yeah. Like he could I wonder like, it. Yeah. If one of those notes was, yeah, that this this thing thereafter, unobtainium. Cause that one always stood out. Like I know we've had strange made up minerals before, like vibranium, adamantium, dilithium, but they sound close enough to something that exists that your brain doesn't really think too much on it. Unobtainium. It's an unobtainable. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a bit, dude, a bit that, that, cartoony. It yeah. felt like a placeholder that you put there and forgot to replace. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I can just go with it though. I can go with it. Yeah, you know, I it's, do. It's but, sci-fi yeah. fantasy, but I, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, Stephen Lang, like he is so 
good in this. He's just chewing scenery and absolutely fantastic, menacing. You've got the action. And you can't imagine, or I can't imagine anyone else in the role, but apparently at one time they briefly considered Michael Bain, who of course worked with Cameron in Aliens, Terminator. Uh, Yeah, but they went with Lang, which I think was definitely the right choice. He's just yeah. everything about him. He's got the he's got the like the scars on the face, the claw marks. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, and for all the villainy, everyone's like, "It's just, it's just a two D villain." Like, yeah, but he does tend seem to really care about his men. Like, when Sam was working as uh, Jake Sully was working for him, he was legitimately like, "Huh, a, a recon marine like myself." In a, uh, a Navi body, like I will get you your legs because I know the corporation isn't going to pay for them. But if you get this thing done for us, we will. I will make sure that happens. And he did. He followed through on it. He had gotten the approval and he's ready to just sh- like cycle him out to to fulfill that end. Like he genuinely cared. That's true. Yeah. Like, and the, his whole reason for attacking them near the end of the movie is because he saw them assembling and took that as like they're going to come after us. They're going to outnumber us. I need to protect my men. Like ignoring the fact that he's clearly a racist and a psychopath. Like, well, well, that's the thing. Legit, I mean, like, yeah, things he cared about, which was his from, men. From when we're first introduced his character, he's he has a profound disregard for Pandora's inhabitants. So, yeah, so he's got no respect for them whatsoever. Yes, yeah, so for his men, yes, uh, but yeah, like you say, it can be seen as racism. Yeah, he's definitely got it in. Got it in for them. Sigourney Weaver as Dr. Grace Augustine. She dies. We know she's in the sequel. And I was surprised to find out in the sequel, she's playing a teenager. So I'm curious yeah. what's going to happen there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Stephen Lang also dies. He's in the sequel as yeah. something like he's, he's too good look, not to bring back. <laughs> I, that I agree with. Like he's phenomenal. I've seen him in other things. Uh, he was in a fan short uh, of Uncharted with Nathan Fillion, and he played, funnily enough, Sully. Ah, Sullivan cool. In uh, in that, and he did a great job. He was phenomenal, and he showed you some of his comedy in that. I saw him in Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney, which was ah yes bonkers. But he was I like great that. in that as well. I watched that a while ago. Because when you said you know him in his comedy, I think most recently I watched him in Don't Breathe and Don't Breathe Too. <laughs> he's not yeah. very funny yeah. in them. <laughs> no, he's terrifying. Yeah, but, but yeah. he is. He is really good, yes. So however they bring him back, it's good to hear that he that he's coming back. We've got Michelle Rodriguez as Trudy, a combat pilot assigned to support the Avatar program, who is sympathetic to the Navi. For me, like this is an example, and it's happening with Worthington as well, because yeah, we saw him in a Terminator film, nothing to do with Cameron's Terminator, but he popped up. Mm. Which one was that? Was it Salvation? Yeah, he was yeah. the. They actually ruined what was supposed to be the ending of that movie. I think if they'd actually gone with the original ending, that would have turned out much better than it was. But he was the hybrid human Terminator thing. Ah. That, uh, okay, and that yeah. would have been that would have been the reveal. But what I was going to say there though is that Rodriguez, Worthington, now they're going to get thrust into you know the stratosphere of this new Avatar film. 
like they're going to be yeah you know seen by how many people across the world whereas mm. outside of this avatar film well saying then Rodriguez does get it with the fast and furious films but it's also adding to my point whereas these franchises are keeping them in big movies outside mm. of the franchises they're falling away falling away a little bit yeah and Rodriguez, another character who was killed in the first movie. Oh, so who knows? <laughs> who knows what they're doing? But she's she's coming back. You know, it was the movie Girl Fight that first brought her to Cameron's attention. So he liked her before okay. Avatar finally got to work with her. But it is interesting how you see it happen, how you'll have an actor that is climbing in popularity and then something will happen and you don't really see them. But then every now and then they'll pop up in a franchise, and they'll come back for an avatar of Fast and the Furious. Yeah, and Sam Worthington, they really pushed him for a little while after this. Like, there was Terminator, of course, there was the uh, Clash of Titans and Wrath of Titans movies. Oh, do you know what? I quite liked Clash of the Titans and recently Same. watched Wrath of the Titans and hated it. <laughs> I thought it was such a bad film, but the first one, Clash of the Titans, I did, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I've never seen the sequel. Uh, I heard oh, you don't need good. to. You don't <laughs> need to, to be honest. Neeson's back as Zeus anyway. I, I was really disappointed. Um, as a bad guy, you know, as well as Stephen Lang, we've got Giovanni Ribisi and businessman. What an actor. Yeah, businessman. But he, he does see the error of his ways. He recognizes that he's doing the bad thing. But what I was going to say with him, like, what a talent he is in absolutely everything. Most recently watched him in The Player on Paramount Plus, The Making of The Godfather. He mm. is excellent. I have seen him in so many things, and he is always fantastic. But he will always be Phoebe's brother on Friends. <laughs> That's where my mind, yeah. it doesn't matter what he does. And again, he's incredible in everything. But I always go back to Phoebe's brother. But he, yeah. yeah, he's he's really good in this. But it was, you know, just see, so had a bit of character development. You know, cause he, he didn't look like he was completely on board with the plan. But then you do see at the end that he recognises, hey, we've done the wrong thing here. Yeah, but by then, uh, well, it's, uh, uh, Quaritch, Steve Lang's character, has completely taken over. Um. One that I didn't know uh, this, but Sute, uh, the what who's supposed to be the next clan leader, the Navi, played by Laz Alonso, Mother's Milk. Yes, the- <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I didn't Blew know that. my mind. Yes, I didn't know that until this recent rewatch. But yeah, but you've also got you know actors like CCH Pounder. <laughs> Like yeah, the, the cast. I didn't realize. I mean, obviously, I knew Zoe Zaldano was uh, one of the main Navi, but I didn't realize that all these other actors, like known actors, although I guess we didn't know the boys back then, had not been yeah. made with the Navi visually. I didn't notice this the first viewing, and I, I read it before the second viewing, so I was able to watch out for it. Avatars have eyebrows and five digits per hand and foot, while the Na'vi only have four digits and no eyebrows. The avatars are also broader in the chest and arms, appearing more muscular. So knowing that, watching it for the second viewing, they do look different. 
Whereas I thought everybody just looked like a blue cat. Whereas no, there's definite distinctions, which I thought was a great character detail. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, those who are not named Navi all look like NPCs. All the same model, kind of just there's a female one, there's a male one, different clothing, background. Well, that tracks though. That's yeah, yeah. You don't need to look yeah. anything more than that. Whereas it makes sense with the Navi that they're going to be more individual looking because the real beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, one of the uh, members of the scientists, Doctor Max Patella, uh, Max Max Patel, uh, played by Delete Rao. From Inception, he was the guy who came up with the drugs that helped him get deep. Ah, uh, right. but allowed them to still do the kick. Ah. In Inception, I was like, another actor I see around that. Yeah. Because I was looking at his face, I'm like, he does look familiar. I'd pull out IMDb. Oh, there he is. That's that's what it is. That's what was like bugging me. Ah, it's um, funny. Yeah. Funny when that happens. You know, with the special effects, most of the animal noises heard in the movie are recycled dinosaur noises from Jurassic Park, notably the T-Rex and Raptors. And honestly, I read that and I'm watching Avatar and I could hear the Raptors. It was very, very familiar. Some CGI scenes took an average of 47 hours to render. Yeah. And that's literally, if anyone who doesn't uh, get that, that is they build the scene and all the assets and stuff inside there and animation and stuff and then they hit enter and from the point they hit enter 47 hours for their computers to actually show you what that looks like that's what they're doing things so 47 hours of computers crunching to get those things out that is incredible i bet the uh the the new one isn't that isn't any less because as your visual effects get better and your computers get better, they, they continue to stay even in terms of rendering time. Like it, it doesn't get lower. And this is these are CGI heavy movies. So just well, imagine like a sequence. Yeah. Hit enter. And then they got to come back. And if it's not right, they got to alter it and hit enter again and let it re-render. Well, get this right. The movie is 40% live action, 60% photorealistic CGI. A lot of motion capture technology was used for the CGI scenes. That is a lot of rendering. <laughs> like, yeah. That yeah. is that is so that, Yeah, much. that is weeks of computers just sat there with no one touching them, just like crunching away. <laughs> Absolutely. So when it comes to the sequel, I'm on the fence, if I'm honest. I'm more interested now, I've done this rewatch, to see the new one. But it's like, see it at the cinema and have a similar if not better experience to the first one or just wait for it to hit Disney Plus which it no doubt will. I think I'm more leaning towards watching it at the cinema. I think that's probably going to be the best way to watch it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it because these days a 3D film feels like an event. I do miss yeah. them. I always, I did enjoy them uh, when they were done well, which was really just a handful. But they all, all of those stuck in my mind of like they've done the effort to uh, to get them to us. Um, so I'd definitely be keen to check out. Yeah, Joe, the sequel. I think, and if I can I think find, I will as well. if I can find this, 
at a 40 cinema right now, I'm, I'll rush out this week and, and check it out and see what, what changes, like, with if if they've got it in the one in Perth, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, okay, then. Avatar, if you're going to rate it out of five. When you watch it at home like this, I've unfortunately got to come in not quite three, more for three and a half because you know what? Yeah, because it is as great as it is, as impressive and how advanced and uh, 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 all the rest of it and the music and everything else. Actually, you know what? No, no, three and a half. <laughs> because it's the story. Right. It's not one. It's not. It is quite. It's still. It's still quite a long movie as well. I think it's like two and hours and forty-four minutes somewhere around there in runtime. It, it is, which, yeah, I, I didn't feel that, though. I didn't feel the length. It went by quickly when I was watching it. I w- Yeah, I watched it quite late. I watched it, like, put it on at, like, 10.30, so I felt it. <laughs> My well, own fault. Yeah. 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 You, uh, like, 90 minutes in and it's midnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, it's still a very easy watch. It's still really well done. It's, I still think it holds up, but uh, on other people's on other i'd still recommend it but if it was an inside a 3d cinema absolutely a four but without that three and a half how about yourself that, yeah well that's what's hard isn't it because i've still got that memory of watching it in 3d so it's you know reviewing the movie even though the most recent watch was 2d i'm going to come in a little bit higher like, i was surprised at how much i enjoyed it and just got sucked back into this world I'm going to come in at a four out of five. And it's, yeah, I, I think we've said it already. We're both going to go watch the new one and watch get the best experience we can, whether it's 4D, 3D, whatever. Yeah, okay, cool. So, yeah, a bit higher for me, four out of five. Well, yeah. that's it for our episode all about Avatar. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on uh, Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.